We're back with the Ed and Red Show. Red is here. Hello. 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 Uh, and uh, I am Ed. And uh, stuff to talk about today. Again, can't tell you in advance because we often don't get to it because we start talking and things go in their own direction. For example, we weren't going to talk about the fact that I'm eating eggs, but I'm eating eggs. And it begs a question, Liana, and you know very many things that I do not. So I will ask you this. Why is it that when you're in the supermarket, regular eggs, jumbo eggs, and extra large eggs all look the same size? Well, they're they're slightly different. I mean, if you use them, if you actually you know cook, it, they are different. But oh, okay, tell me how because I look at them, I'm like, this looks the same size as the jumbo egg, as the extra large egg. They well, look like the same size egg. What's going on? They're they're really only a few millimeters larger. Well, isn't that kind of BS then? Well, uh, you know, when you think about a, a a few millimeters around the entire surface of the egg, it adds up. Really. Well, yeah, I mean, when you're baking and stuff like that, you have to be careful because otherwise, you know, your recipe will end up too dry or it'll end up too moist. I know I know millennials don't like the word moist. I apologize, millennials, but I don't like the band moist. I, I forgot that band existed. I'm sorry. I'm sorry yeah. to have brought that back up. Again. Yeah, I, I forgot all about that. that Thanks, Ed. I won't mention Creed then. Creed, I remembered. That's unfortunate. Yeah, there are a couple of Creed songs that are all right. Speaking of unfortunate, uh, we both watched the new episode, the first episode of the new Star Trek series. Uh... Now, here's the thing. It follows the adventures of Captain Pike, who was the Enterprise's captain before Captain Kirk. He was in a classic two-part episode of the original series uh, called uh, The Menagerie, um, played by Jeffrey Hunter. They got a new guy who looks a lot like Jeffrey Hunter did, Anson Mount. He was in Star Trek Discovery. Um, that other Star Trek series. Yeah, yeah, he was good on that. He was good. He was good. His assistant, played by Rebecca Romaine, uh, not his assistant, his number one, his, his, his second in command, was really good. Uh, character was, characters were well written. The stories were well written. I'm really looking forward to this new series featuring him and the Enterprise pre James Kirk. <laughs> and boy, I've never watched a show before where I couldn't wait to see the commercials. I, I was live tweeting. And it I, and I was actually live tweeting that, you know, this Swiffer ad is more entertaining than this entire episode of Star Trek Discovery. This Mike's Hard Ice Tea commercial is not Discovery. Uh, Strange New Worlds. World. This Mike's Hard Ice Tea commercial is better science fiction than this episode of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. It, Star Trek is completely out of ideas. They well, keep the recycling that, ideas. Well, the thing is that if they would, I wouldn't mind if they recycled ideas from like the original series and gave us some of that, I just want episode, episode, episode. I don't want overarching plots and plot development and trauma and all that other crap. Like they just tell us stories like you used to tell us. And part of the charm, maybe you agree with me, part of the charm of the old Star Trek was that it was cheesy and the sets looked like they would fall over in a wind. You know what? That wasn't just it, though. The actors were actually giving it their all, like overacting in some ways. Well, the, 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 William Shatner. <laughs> yeah. Well, but but even, I mean, all of them had, you know, they had that stage training back on. I, I almost edited myself as a huge like I almost said toss the original series. Toss. Uh, 
but but even even the next generation there was a weight to the performances and i i just feel that oh i'm doing that annoying yeah, yeah at the end of things but uh <laughs> i didn't even notice that the, the yeah, vocal yeah. thing yeah it's a thing that <laughs> you do that. and it's very feminized because I, you're looking for confirmation i hate that I, I didn't even that. I didn't even notice. I don't like it. But I think some of the actors of the show talk that way. I, the the acting chops are just not there on the supporting cast, except for Rebecca Romaine, who had nothing to do this show. Nothing. No, she to was do. spoiler alert. She spent the whole show basically in a basement cell. Yeah, but it it the whole thing was none of it was original. It was just breaking the prime directive again before it was even called the prime directive and they actually broke it more flagrantly than oh Kirk, it was I think, just, ever did. <laughs> it was it was deliberate like that I mean, was okay. the only thing that was a, that was like the original series was the flagrant disregard of any the, rules the, the scope creep on the prime directive has just become ridiculous i mean it 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 more solidified in next generation than it ever was on the original series because i mean uh, they, they interfered with with uh the societies of planets all the time oh yeah on well, the, original the prime show. director for those who don't know is basically take nothing but a picture leave nothing but a footprint yeah non-interference the stuff that uh don't, don't interfere in the development of a technologically inferior race right but planet. you know over the years star trek writers have rightly acknowledged that even observing that advanced technology is going to interfere and so the prime directive has just become ridiculous it's not something you can actually do it would be better limit limit interference well the the yes limit interference though some cases i always find the prime directive is kind of immoral. It's like yeah. these people. These people are like if if a, if a if a if a spaceship came and saw what Hitler was doing during the Holocaust and said, "Well, you know what? We can't interfere. That's not moral, well, as far that, as I'm concerned. That's that's not high-minded. If you can stop something bad from happening, stop it from happening. Don't say, "Well, we've got the technology, but we're gonna we're gonna play God in the way of not interfering." But that this sort of thing is what's messing up military service personnel today on this planet and with all star the trek? preachiness no the, star trek episode not being able to quote unquote interfere or intervene in in local things and and things happen that are so horrific i can't even say them on the radio i think uh i mean i'm familiar with some of the things that they've had to observe yeah and do nothing yep. to stop and it messes them up people come up come out with profound cases of pts from the stuff that they just had to let happen and with all the preachiness of star trek like the new new star trek discovery's gotten this way too it's all of the preachiness none of the earnestness none of the camp the only no earnestness in, the only earnestness in anything is tilly on on discovery and she's she very earnest she yeah, left she, apparently she, she i stopped left. watching but yeah and, but and you know what this whole thing strange new worlds was supposed to be a callback to the original series not one red shirt was hurt no not, they, not even I, a hangnail a paper cut not one was, red shirt was i hurt. was waiting for the red shirt i was waiting for the kiss with the alien lady i was uh, there was all this stuff but no what was it about 
Blinken Trump man, and then January yeah. the January sixth insurrection. Yeah, if it, you it look, was about the divide the divided yeah. states of America today, if, and if you this is supposed to be the twenty fourth century that they're in. And and to me, if if you're if you're pinning where the world went sideways now, it and maybe this is because it it had to be shot in advance, but it just seems so out of touch with all the atrocities that are going around in the world. January 6th rattled America. It rattled people up here too. But Tigray region, Ukraine, there's stuff going on in India that is really scary right now. The, the constant tensions between India and Pakistan, so on and so forth. Like January 6th does not rate globally. It's just well, America so is, arrogant. American entertainment is myopic. It, they they navel gaze as if what is America is the world. And I do have to point out, and this is a spoiler alert. So I'm pointing out, this was, there's two absurdities in this show, Strange New World, that I'm like, what the hell? Instead of in the past, when they would just put like makeup on the characters, they'd say, you know, we're going to make you up to look like the aliens. They instead used a high-tech thing where they temporarily altered the genome so they grew stuff on their face in, in like five seconds, in five and then seconds. It, only, it only lasted like 15 minutes yeah it was like, ridiculous why like you you just play with genomes like and and in so in doing so you will automatically within five minutes grow facial appliances the other thing that was more absurd you know how they affected this this culture they there was a bunch of space. Oh, they, they, they affected this culture in a lot of different ways, including beating up some locals. It, well, that's, I mean, that's original Star Trek. Um, they, the original interference was that there were a bunch of spaceships um, that were within telescope distance of this planet. So the planet saw spaceships through their telescope and get this, they were able to reverse engineer yeah. how to build a warp engine by looking at spaceships through a telescope. Because that makes sense. Because that, that's like somebody, like a, like a non-technology civilization, seeing a car drive by and saying, I know how to make a car now. See, they're like, stealing a bit from Mass Effect with the idea of giving civilizations technologies before they're ready. Mass Effect, the, the popular video game. Yeah, the video game. That's the whole shtick with the Krogan, is they gave them, and I love the Krogan in Mass Effect. Well, they messed them up in Andromeda, but... Um, you know, they gave this very war warlike race a the the uh, mass uh, mass drive uh, technology, mass gate technology. That's what they call it. It doesn't matter what it is. It, it allows them to like do do amazing things. And they use them as shock troops in a war against this other aggressive alien race called the Rachni. And what happened was because they gave this society all these you know, weapons of time, space, and death before they were ready, they basically nuked their home planet. They became this problem. And this idea of not giving societies technology before they're ready. And the thing is, what do you mean before they're ready? Like who determines? That's that you it can is argue that, playing God. You can argue that we are not ready for the weapons we already have. Yeah. I mean well in fact the only time you're ready, really ready and mature enough as a society for weapons of mass destruction is when you're past the point of wanting to make weapons of mass destruction. Well, yeah, I mean, there's this whole argument about using them as deterrents, but I just don't think the Federation is, is in any place to tell anybody what to do. 
that organization has so many problems based on modern Star Trek? Well, and here's the thing that bothers me. Star Trek includes, um, I mean, it was famous for including all kinds of ethnicities. Yeah. Right. And now they include not just Earth ethnicities and heritages, but uh, aliens. They've got aliens with various different things on their face um, from all over. And they're respectful of their cultures and stuff. Nowhere in any Star Trek episode has there ever been a Jew. Nowhere. Wasn't was it Leonard Nimoy? Like, no, I, I think they should always cast Jewish actors to play Vulcans because they had that background. OK, but there are no Jewish characters. I understand there's no religion in, in Star Trek, but there are right. no characters of Jewish heritage. You got the pow and 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 you got all these characters and you got uh, and you've got you mean uh, the Klingons or the whoever. There's all kinds of the names, and you've got uh, uh, non-binary. You got I mean uh, people of You've got black. You've got uh, African. You've got uh, you know I say African is different than American black. You've got all these cultures, and not one alien. You got poo but you don't have Goldstein. Not one like what kind yeah, of yeah Bab- Babylon five kind of did fantasy. That. Is that one five that the did future that. has nobody of any Jewish background. Well, OK, that was the indication of where it was uh, originated. Right. I have I have a different problem with the alien, quote unquote, races in Star Trek. Right. And it's 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 Hollywood diversity at its finest. Right. Instead of making, say, you know, uh, a particular alien race look a certain way so that, you know, like with the. um uh, the Betazoids, um, they used Marina Sirtis's accent to make, well, that's how Betazoids sound like, right? Right. Um, they tended to cast Black actors to play Klingons until that became a problem. But they don't do that with any any other races. Like, they don't go, okay, we're going to make a race, and it's actually a benefit that an actor is, for instance, South Asian to play this race. It's always, well, anyone can be anyone, but the main speaking character is probably going to be white or black and that's it. Because well, America. Well, the other thing is the weird diversity of aliens is um, the way that the various looks of people on earth developed had to do with where that group of people developed. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, the 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 um, various climate issues. Yeah, the difference yeah. In, in skin color, the difference in shape of eyes, all that has to do with where you where we developed uh, as groups. Now, why would alien planets um, where people have developed in various different ways all have the same ethnic diversity? Why would they all still have people who look uh, Asian? Why would they still have people who look uh african why why would that be the case why wouldn't there be a di- completely different kind of diversity well and just just based on the makeup if we're if we're being actually realistic here based on the overall population of the earth there would be way fewer white people everywhere <laughs> yeah like even if you look at the military minorities are are overrepresented in, in various militaries. And then if you go globally, because it's supposed to be the whole planet, where are all the brown people in yeah, Star Trek? There are more few... non-binary and trans people in Star Trek than than Hispanic or brown people. Like like Hispanic brown people or South Asian brown people. Yeah, where I, are the brown I, where people? Are the, where are the Indians? Like yeah, the people where... from India, where are they? They're like not there. 
or Sri Lanka or you know Indonesia or where are they? <laughs> you know where they are? They're with, they're with the Jews apparently. Yeah. Like, apparently, there's a quota system in Starfleet. Maybe yeah, they're just smart enough not to join the Federation. The brown people are like whatever. You explore space. Yeah. We're good. We know what happens when you go colonize places. Yeah. You know, like maybe maybe that's maybe that's why it's lacking. But it just. It's so, you know, they got in trouble with the Ferengi, right? With accusations of anti-Semitism on Star Trek. Yes, I, re I remember that. But uh, yeah. I've never met a Jew named Ferengi. That was, that was a bit of a, that was like, ooh, I'm staying out of that one. Well, they but, were making, yeah, they were using like stereotypes of Jews yeah. as merchants and, and, and dishonest merchants. Which, which, which quite is, frankly. Which is very futuristic. Well, the I ironic thing is those are also stereotypes that have been used against uh, Arabic people too. Another thing that's really lacking in a lot of Star Trek. Yeah, like Another group whole, of brown people that are just not this there. This whole notion of it being diverse. Just because you make up characters who are <laughs> doesn't mean that you're diverse. Like, how this about is, if the Federation society. is supposed to be based in Earth, why aren't there more people from different groups in yeah. Earth? Why are they always half blah, 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 and half yeah. human or half blah, 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 and half <laughs> and like why why this is just this yeah, is the just... whole notion that i mean because because star trek initially cast a black woman Uhura, when there weren't black women it was in a big deal yeah it was a big deal uh, chekhov uh mm -hmm. a russian when during the cold war cold uh, war uh sulu um uh an asian actor when most of them were still um like on bonanza they were like yeah servants. they were they were uh, yeah they were like way so down it, it bit really players was something that was more groundbreaking now what's What's groundbreaking anymore in showing human diversity on TV? Well, it's they all, really you know what would be down. What would, would be groundbreaking if they show a non-binary character who isn't perfect. Well, I mean, you notice that what in Strange New Worlds, it's the actress. I I, I looked it up. The actress isn't. She's gender non-conforming. She's not. Uh, she uses she pronouns, everything like that. But it was just sort of a statement. Their discovery, that whole thing was just they not non-binary new Wesley Crusher. Bad, bad, bad idea. Yeah, they like, introduced this non-binary character who was just perfect at everything. It's like, I don't have a problem with characters of any background, but please don't make them Jesus. But that's the other problem with Hollywood diversity, right? Like they've jumped past huge portions of the world to overrepresent groups that uh, Ed, you know I am big on LGBTQ plus rights, but it is not helping with those sorts of depictions. You know, yeah, it, um, it is not helping. It's just annoying people. It's not done. It's it's not done to humanize. It's done to sort of fly this weird flag because again, Hollywood lives in its own world. And the fact that, you know, 911 Lone Star is doing more things for diversity right now than Star Trek is makes me really sad because of where Star Trek came from and then got stuck. You know what I would like to, in diversity for Star Trek? What? I would like some scripts to be good. Well, that would be like diversity nice of quality. I would like some things, some episodes to be good instead I, of all of them being crap. I would just like characters to actually be characters. They're so focused on, okay, you know, different colored Barbie dolls, Barbie and Ken dolls, right? 
um, instead of, okay, who is this person? What is their character? They, they were better at that on Discovery, but there are still some characters that like that, that lady with the thing on her face because she got burned in the first episode. It, it, you know, what has she had to do? There are just so many characters. You know what? I liked Captain Pike when he was the guy in that robot uh, chair that could only speak from, with a red or yeah. like a yellow light. That, yeah. that was my Captain Pike, the guy that looked like a melted candle who sat Ugh. in a box and answered by one light or another light. This, uh, that, the that's fact- my favorite Captain Pike. They don't, uh, uh, so I don't know if I'm going to, I mean, first episodes are tough. Um, second oh, they, episode it, it may took be better. Them- it took them way too long to get into it, though. It well, copied it was all the Picard eggs. in too many ways. And you know what? It was very much like the beginning of Star Trek, the motion picture, for those who remember that. Yes, but it was also, I mean, I don't I don't watch Star Trek for a shaggy guy with a gray hair and beard riding a horse. I will fire up the Witcher nor, 3 video game if I want to play that. Give me space, please, on Star Trek. Nor do I wish to see shirtless Spock in pre Okay, don't don't, uh, don't get me started on Spock. Don't get me started on Spock. We need to go to break. I will Spock rant. About to have sex with don't, his wife. Don't get me started on Spock. I will rant. Candles everywhere. Don't. Ed, obviously, they went to the Vulcan Ed, Bed Bath and Beyond. Ed setting a boundary. Prime directive. Oh, don't right. interfere with commercial breaks. All right, let's go commercial break. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, uh, the Grumpy in the Bed. Uh, the Amber Heard uh, Johnny <laughs> Depp uh, trial. Um, so that's what are you laughing at? What are you laughing at? The way you described that. It was Johnny Depp who called it a grumpy. It just struck me funny hearing you say it. All right. We'll be back <laughs> after this on uh, Saga 960 AM. <laughs> All right, Leanna. I'm still laughing. Yeah, you're still laughing. Okay. Oh, serious now. Serious, serious. Yes, let's move on to the grumpy in the bed. Let's move on to... And I listen, I admire Johnny Depp because when you're in a court case and you have to describe fecal matter being left in your bed, (laughs) you you have to come up with some euphemisms for it. And you can only say drop the deuce so many times. See... This is the thing about Johnny Depp. He is legit eccentric, right? And I think that's why people have a lot of a lot of trouble reading him. I I happen to have read a lot of Hunter S. Thompson, so I see where some of that stuff gets picked up picked up. But I mean, Johnny Depp has been eccentric ever since he he worked very hard to get kicked off 21 Jump Street, right? But he he has handled a really undignified scenario and and this is not judging his guilt or innocence you know even though it's televised being in the courtroom is different caveat right there but he has handled a really undignified proceeding with with humor and 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 you know he's he's giving up his dignity and so he retains more of it than if he had fought for it that's been my take on him through this whole thing i mean this is the the new trial of the century um, usually and there's it, about five or six trials of a century in a century. And it's, and it's a um, civil case, right? People keep forgetting it's a civil case. It hasn't been very civil so far. It's a defamation case, right? Um, that he will probably lose. This is a court of public opinion argument. 
Well, in the court of public opinion, he seems like he's winning. She yeah. Had to fire, she had to fire her PR team. And, you know. Well, she didn't have to. She well, no, did. She chose to fire her PR team. And the thing is, it's very hard to do PR when you've dropped a deuce in a bed. As they say, you can't polish a turd. Yeah, they've never quite said that she admitted to doing it herself, but she does know what did she did. did order it in? Well, the original one of the original stories was that she was having a party and a friend did it. Preponderance (laughs) of evidence is that it was her. But the point, the thing that craps in your bed. Unfortunately, I know people who have done things like this. They, I knew they a guy, are... Okay, I knew a guy years ago who hated people like rich cars. So if he yeah. found one open, like a parked car that was rich and it was open, he would drop a deuce on the driver's seat. Well, better call Saul cause at the Chicago sunroof. Yeah, well, and, and another time he went up and squatted over a sunroof. Some people I, I was never have just, a thing. just to let everybody know I was never there. I was never yeah. a part of any of this. I would not support such things because also there was no toilet paper, which makes it very uncivilized. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't know. Some people say pufuria is real. I don't know. I don't judge, but pufor- don't do it in pufuria? your own car. Yeah, you've never heard of this pufuria. Yeah, you get an orgasm from you get you get sort of a high from pooping. Only when it's really painful and it finally passes, (laughs) then you get that thank God moment. I'm a I'm a vegetarian. I don't have these problems. (laughs) Just you know, watch diet, people. But vegetarians poop green. No, that's from too much. Why are we talking about this? Okay, okay, I I have to set another boundary, Ed. I have to set another boundary. No green poops. No, oh, table that for the next Star Trek discussion, okay? All right. This oh, yeah. is. Can you imagine what those aliens poop? Ed, focus. Right. You have green hair. Don't make people go there. All so, right. So this is this is a defamation trial about domestic violence. It's very serious, and that's the thing that has me even though I'm laughing at this, this is what has me a bit concerned because the way this is being reported in the media is really trivializing what this is about, which is somebody beat up somebody here and someone is lying about it. And we're seeing proof that legitimate evil exists in the world one way or another. And the media is more interested in the sensationalism of it which, and I know we're on the radio, we're part of the media, and that's why I'm trying to be responsible here. Okay, let's have a laugh, but let's redirect it to what this is really about, how well, hard it is to actually determine who's telling the truth in these things. Well, I mean, you're old enough, and probably most of our audience is old enough as well, to remember the OJ trial. It was about a man accused of using a knife to cut, practically cut the heads off two human beings. And it turned into the butt of jokes the, the uh, judge, Lance Ito, on the case yeah. was turned into the dancing Edos. Yeah, Kato Kalen became this huge distraction. Yeah, like it, it was treated like a reality show joke. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and that's and, how and America it was, deals with things. It was is, really lost that two people lost their lives. Yeah, oh, completely, completely, yeah, completely yeah. lost. Yeah. And uh, in this case, it's completely lost that there's two lives that have been damaged. 
Um, well, more than that, because there's two there's two children involved, right? Did they Johnny, have kids? Johnny Depp has two adult children. Oh, okay. Who had to get confronted by the media when they were trying to live their lives, asking how they felt about, you know, his daughter was confronted by the media asking what she felt about her dad being a wife beater. And, you know, considering they Amber Heard and Johnny Depp got together before his divorce was finalized. How does somebody do that to a, a young woman? You know, she was she was not even of legal age, I think, at the time, because she's like 20 something early 20s. Now, this was a few years back. She was she was she's young, right? Not totally an adult yet. And people are shoving microphones and cameras in her face asking her about things that she had absolutely nothing to do with. There's a sickness with this stuff. And, and because, because the media behaves so badly with this stuff and focuses on the sensationalism, and it, it's one thing to focus on the sensationalism and then get to the facts, right? Then ask the hard questions, but it never does that most of the time. And this is something that has constantly frustrated me with decades working in the media. I can't believe I can say I've been doing this for decades now, Laud. But it's always frustrated me. And it's the reason my career has not gone farther. Not that I don't find being on Saga 960 illustrious. Like, don't get me wrong, right? I, I like what I do. But in order to rise to the heights of media, you have to be a sociopath. And, and narcissistic and cruel. And that's not right. We can do better than that. Well, and, and the people who do better than that often wind up leaving the business. Well, or, or just you because don't have the you don't have the instinct to just shank people all the time. Well, and or you don't you don't put the scoop ahead of people's humanity like people in the media, other people. So I'm going to do it right. I'm going to if I can ask some hard questions about um this what everything's going on because everybody's like oh they both seem bad it both seemed awful first of all it's trivializing addiction like crazy the fact that nobody is pointing out that if somebody is struggling with addiction it is irresponsible to bring alcohol and drugs into the house for parties or anything like that if somebody is struggling keep a dry house please you know it's just cruel to to tempt them that much if you want to do that with your friends and and you don't have a problem well, go out to a bar. They can afford it. They have the money, right? And then if this is one of the things that came up in her testimony, if you were brutally beaten and assaulted in multiple ways, Amber Heard claims that testifying about it is the most painful, difficult thing she's ever done. If you're if you're a victim of violence, is talking about it the most painful thing you've ever gone through? Uh, uh, that's a rhetorical question, I'm assuming. Well, I, I want everybody to ask themselves that and ask if that sounds truthful. Well, it sounds to me, it feels to me like being beaten would be the worst thing you've ever gone through. Maybe yeah, as, describing it as the second worst thing, as but not somebody, as bad as actually... Having violence visited upon you as somebody who was actually physically assaulted at work in the media, reported it and then wasn't believed and was shamed for it and told that I was making trouble as re-traumatizing as the dismissal was. No, the 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 physical assault actually hurt more and was scarier. And unfortunately, I've been through that multiple times. So let's be real here. 
And then, you know, it sort of makes sense to me why he didn't leave because he trashed his marriage. You know, the, the overlap, with, there's guilt there. Right. And so, stuff happens to men in their 50s that we don't talk enough about. And I think this is relevant as well. Um, this idea that he was older and more famous. She was younger and, and less powerful. So he must have done it. That's not necessarily true. And I've been really disappointed. I'm not saying I have all the answers. I'm just asking the questions to start a more productive conversation about what's going on. Because as funny as the grumpy in the bed is, and some of the other things that happened, as wackadoo as this whole thing is, there are serious things. And I'm watching a lot of people and talking to a lot of people, both male and female, who are like, this is really messing with me. And I recognize a lot of my own story here. Let's have some empathy for those people, please. Like, let's all stop acting like narcissists. Well, that's asking an awful lot. Yeah, it is asking a lot, I know. But uh, if we don't ask, nobody can mm-hmm. can say that uh, nobody suggested Exactly. It. I mean, I could give a bunch of very probing questions to some of the testimony on both sides. I will say I do think Johnny Depp is, a, is, is more than a bit in denial about his substance use and substance abuse. But I also know that people with addictions uh, are, are more likely to be victims of this sort of thing, as well as alcohol is involved in violent episodes. There's contradictory data. It's not these simple narratives that certain activists pump out for an easy tagline. It's, it's complex and people who are surviving these situations deserve better from the world than we're giving them. All right, that's a good place to bring it to an end. Um, and we will uh, take a break. And when we come back, we, I don't know. It's a mystery. Um, I thought we are going to talk politics. Yeah, we'll do that. I was trying, okay. to, make, I was trying to make it a, a hook. That doesn't hold people over a break. Oh, I get held by um, mystery more than I get held by, because if I know what's coming, I can decide, am I interested or am I not interested? But if I don't know what's coming, then I'm more interested to wait to see what's coming. And then if I don't even like it, I've already waited. I'm already here. I'll sit and watch it or listen to it. You don't want to talk about you. You're not intrigued by Buckaride. Buckaride. Yeah. I love that movie. Buckaride Banzai. There you go. All right. We'll be back after this saga 960 AM. All right. So Leanna, what is Buckaride? Buckaride. Buckaride is the Ontario liberal policy of slashing all Ontario, all Ontario. That means, I forget what they call Sudbury Transit. Uh, Hell. But, also, but no, apparently it's quite good. Oh yeah. Uh, but but all go trains, everything like that, all transit, public transit in the GTA slashed to a dollar a ride until 2024. It's a combination uh, initiative to get 400,000 cars off the road, but also uh, give people some some inflation relief. If if Stephen Del Duca and the Ontario Liberals are elected in like a month, it's beginning of June. The election, June second. Am I wrong? I can't believe it's that fast. I, well, yeah. Thank thank goodness. Thank goodness we have short election periods. Just, in, it gives, but it gives the opposition less time to convince the public which to is, go with them 
than stick with what they already know. Which is why I think the liberals are coming up out swinging because they know they have to make up ground because the other announcement is uh, optional grade 13 returning, class sizes capped for all grades at 20 students, not a 20 student average, capped at 20 students and hiring 10,000 more teachers. Well, I mean, I think that'll appeal to the people who don't vote for Doug Ford. Um, yeah, but it's convincing the people who don't vote for Doug Ford to vote liberal, which is a smart tactic. So when you combine the buck a ride with the buck of beer, that's an afternoon. Well, that's that's the funny thing as part of the buck a ride is to throw shade at the fact that buck a beer was actually a, the cheapest beer you could get in Ontario is a buck sixty five a can. And it tastes like the cheapest beer you can get in Ontario. OK, I, I personally don't think alcohol should be cheap. I, I like my wine. I'm a tequila fan, but it is much better to sip a really good glass of something than to buy something because it's cheap for the effect. Um, true. Um, but, you know, they call it sin taxes. Um, Which, you know, what I agree with as someone who consumes this stuff, tax the snot out of it. I'm good with that. That's something that is not a not in tequila. I thought no, it was a I worm. Don't. No, I just didn't say the word I wanted to use. Oh, okay. See, now the worm makes me think of Mr. Mind, and Mr. Mind makes me think of the fact that Stephen Del Duca makes me think of Dr. Savannah from Shazam Comics. For those who don't know, Mr. Mind is an evil, cool uh, worm. He's cool. Black worm uh, from, I think, the planet Venus, who yeah. has a speaker around his neck. I love Mr. Mind. Him, and he wears a pair of thick glasses. He's, he's, he's in one scene. In or he's referenced in one scene in in the Shazam movie. No, he's there. You can use. Oh, he's there. I, I, I didn't at remember. At the very end. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But Doctor Savannah is is the villain. And the first time I saw Stephen Del Duca, it's like he looks like Doctor Savannah. But that's okay. I want him to own that because the liberals need to come out swinging. They can't just be an alternative because I really believe the Ford campaign is relying on vote splitting in the GTA inner suburbs. That's where the battleground is going to be. The North is going to stay probably relatively NDP. The, the exurbs, as, as they call it, are probably going to stay conservative. It's, it's, a, it's an identity vote. But, you know, Scar Scarborough leans conservative in, in the GTA quite heavily. But everything else is up for grabs. And the path to victory for the liberals is running the table in Toronto. And so education and transit, transit in Toronto, that's a winner. But transit is also a winner for people who take those go corridors. You know, maybe they can pull a few seats from the NDP because there's a couple of NDP ridings that are currently held that are vulnerable right now. Right now, they're projected to flip to the conservatives. But, you know, it's really, anybody's from ball NDP game. to conservative. Yeah. That's a very well, strange flip. Well, think about it. It's the residual anti-Kathleen Wynne sentiment, which is not fair to Kathleen Wynne. She's actually a pretty nice lady. But they they just managed to brand her as the Wicked Witch of the West last last time around. And so there's still it's it's the same way some people won't won't vote NDP because of Bob Ray back in the 90s and Ray days. It's just this emotional thing. You can't get people over. And I do like the strategy. I was actually talking to some, some liberal spokespeople on Twitter because I'm like, all of Ontario, 
all of Ontario? They said, yes. I said, the GO train. Yes. You're talking about reductions. For me to take the GO to Union Station is $9.10. One way. One way. So it's over an $18 round trip. So if, you know, you and I wanted to go to a Jays game or a Raptors game or something like that from where I live, it's cheaper to drive and park. It's ridiculous how expensive go train is. So what do I do? I drive. I go with someone else and I drive. I'm, it's not a single car. I'm still being somewhat responsible, but I even with the cost of gas right now, it's more it's it's cheaper to drive and park than to take the blinking go train. Even with Who event, did that? even with event parking. Even with event parking. Event parking costs, which is always if, minimum 20 bucks. If, if you sort of know where to go downtown and are willing to walk. And Ed hates walking, but. I hate, well, why am I driving if I'm going to walk? This doesn't I'm make okay, sense to me. I'm okay with a bit of a walk. If I'm, but, if I'm driving, I'm going to drive to get as close as possible. If I'm going to walk, I'm going to walk. If I'm going to drive, I'm going to drive. It doesn't make sense to me like, that what, I'm going to drive and then I'm going to walk. What's event parking now? Max $30? Um, I don't think there is such a thing as a max, but it's 20 and 30 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So. Rate. 18 and 18, it's still cheaper to drive. Yeah, well, that's six bucks. It, it may wind up being a wash. It may wind up yeah. being the same, but okay. you get to drive in your own car, listen to your own entertainment on uh, whether yeah. it's, you know, through whatever entertainment system you have in your car. You don't have to sit next to somebody who may stink real bad. But that's, um, that's also why traffic is god awful from around Elgin Mills and Richmond Hill down to about Shepherd Avenue or the 401 in North York because people are driving to Finch and then taking the TTC down instead of using Greater Ontario Transit. The GO is a great service. I love the GO train. Even the buses are super comfy, but it's too expensive. Well, so maybe this will turn the tide. The problem is nobody knows who Stephen Del Duca is, which is both good and bad. If they don't know who he is, they can't have a bad impression of him. But right. It, when you don't, when when you're a political figure and people don't know who you are, it gives the opportunity, the opposition, the opportunity to define you in a very negative okay, way. Okay, but Canadian politics doesn't work the way U.S. politics does because you don't go in unless you're in Stephen Del Duca's riding. You don't go in and see his name on the ballot. No, but you know whether you're who you're voting, for, who's who's the leader of the party you're you're thinking of voting for. Yeah, it, it, it's still it, a referendum on the leader as well as the local representative, because if you don't know any of the people on the ballot locally, you're thinking about the party and the party is the, the leader. And so then you, the leader becomes relevant, even though you're not putting the casting the ballot for the leader. See, in Ontario, it's never been a requirement that the leader be dynamic. Think of Dalton McGinty. Never mind Dalton McGinty. Think of uh, William Davis, may he rest in peace. Yeah, who yeah. Who was famous for saying bland works. Yeah. We're, we're all right with milquetoast premiers in this province. I, I think a big problem that Doug Ford have is, is he's got something of a polarizing personality. I mean, I know it drives me crazy when he's hesitating to make a decision and he's up there going, I won't hesitate. I won't hesitate to slow this down. I won't hesitate. He's saying, I won't hesitate to hesitate. He's saying nothing. It's nonsense. It drives me crazy. Well, saying I won't hesitate is hesitating. All right. And we'll see uh, over the next few weeks how this unfolds. And we'll be back after this on Saga 960 AM. Saga 960 AM. You know, again, I want to move from politics to talk about something that's interesting to me. Okay. 
which okay. is your new show on Saga 960 AM. Oh, it's we're not therapy. About that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I, 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 I should have started talking about that. Uh, it's uh, uh, Liana has been has been operating a service for people called Liana Cares, where for a very reasonable rate, people just get a, 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 a an ear that will listen to them, a non-judgmental ear to Dead. listen and maybe provide with some advice, some basic life skills. Why don't you describe what this has been? Because now this is the radio show on Saga 960 Thursdays at seven plus some reruns. Yeah, Thursdays at seven. Um, it's it's about life skills and proven solutions to everyday problems, right? I have always had an issue with therapy on the radio when somebody's got a doctor or on TV, when someone's got a doctor next to their name, that's not therapy. It's not therapy. What people are getting. It's the old agony and it's Ann Landers. It's dear Abby. It's advice. And I wanted a show where people could get that because, you know, peer counseling works very, very well when combined with therapy, the, the outcomes are, are much better than therapy alone, but also some people don't want therapy, don't need therapy, have not found a form of therapy that works for them. And they just need someone to talk to and get a different sense of perspective. So what I do is it's, it's sort of like what I do on this show, but but Without more fun me. And, and nicer, more positive. And I get to speak uninterrupted for it was weird speaking uninterrupted for 48 minutes. I, I it was hard. I, I, I need to work up to that. Well, it wasn't uninterrupted. You, you had a caller. You had a guest. Yeah, I actually did get asked by someone whether I needed therapy after working with you for this long, Ed. Well, the answer to that is obvious. <laughs> okay, we'll move on. Uh, but, you know, it's about asking questions and about getting people to see a different perspective. And I have with, with my personal clients that I, I'm a bit hesitant to talk about that on the radio because... I only have so many spots. And that was part of the problem. The need exceeded my ability to do this one-on-one -on -one stuff. And so I thought, well, radio is the way to do it. There's a format people know and are familiar with. And eventually I want to do a community and, you know, stuff. But I have these top 10 sayings I found came up again and again and again in you my one-on-one -on -one consultations. Well, I don't think we're going to have time to read them. I, I do, uh, you know. Yes, we do. I want to hear, if you have them handy, let's hear them. If you don't, we'll do it next week. Okay, so here's Leanna's top 10, okay? Biggest one, don't let problems that aren't your fault lead to mistakes that are, okay? Good. You're not your past. You're not what was done to you. You have choices. Good. Core values are more important for relationships and common interests. Good. Healthy goals are based on things you can control. Good. No one can relate to perfect people, so stop trying to be perfect. As we talked about earlier with the Star Trek stuff. Right. Self-esteem can't exist without self-compassion. Okay. Other people don't have to like your boundaries, but they do have to respect them. Invoke that a few times today, Ed. <laughs> yeah. The, Invoke the that a poop, few times today. Yeah. yeah, respect my boundary. Um, you, you're the hero of your own story and not anyone else's. That one comes up a lot. And what that basically means is you get to be a superhero. You get to be the main character in your story, but you can't be the main character in anyone else's story. You can't do it for them. It's the Lord of the Rings, Samwise Gamgee thing. I can't carry it for you, but I can't carry you. Right. Right. Um, this is the one I dropped. The next one is the one I dropped on on the norm this week. Listen twice before you talk once. It sounds weird, but it actually works. 
listen to the show for more. Ignoring negatives isn't being positive. It, it's that's, a, that's a good point. Yeah, ignoring negatives isn't being positive. It, it's actually its own form of negativity. It, it's it's denial, and that's not good. Uh, and then the last one is probably my favorite. Your crazy is only a problem if it's hurting you. All right, those are those are those, that, that was ten. That yeah, that was ten, and that's the backbone of the system. All right, and, well, I can't. I mean, I can't argue with any of those. They all and, sound sound uh, like pearls of wisdom. And, and that's the idea. And, and the reason they're not just platitudes is because then you apply them, right? The nice thing about doing radio is that you can take email and phone questions and apply that to a person's specific circumstances so that people see how they work in practice. And so they don't have to be paying a ridiculous amount of money for basic stuff, if somebody has something that needs diagnosis, if somebody needs medication, if someone needs EMDR therapy or prolonged exposure therapy or, or something like that, yes, therapy is there, therapy is good, but let's get those spots open for people by getting some people doing better like within a couple of weeks instead of months of case history, you know? All right, well, that makes sense and that, uh, you can find that on the site on Saga 960 AM. Uh, well, the replays, podcast is there. It replays tomorrow at noon as well. Saturdays at noon is the replay. Saturdays at noon is a replay. Yeah. Thursdays at 7 PM. There's going to be an email and, and voicemail set up soon where people can send you, uh, they but can either record or send emails not, about their, their questions. Not therapy show at Saga 960 AM, not therapy show on Instagram and Twitter. Okay. Not yeah. therapy show. At Saga 960 AM. Yeah, that's the email. Okay. Um, and the voicemail will be set up soon. Yeah, there's a number, but I'll just give the email. We're out of time. Okay. Um, so that's It's Not Therapy. Uh, take a, a listen to that. And uh, first episode uh, is available on podcast. It's about stress. So listen to that one. Something we can all relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. So uh, uh, no time to give our uh, where, where they can find us this week. Uh, but we do. Have I time. just did. <laughs> well, yes. Where to find you? Find me. I don't care if you find me or don't find me. Um, the uh, it's time for us to say our uh, our, our trademark uh, closing for the show. Ready, Lana? Ready. Go. Bye bye. Bye bye.